Thank you for listening to the New Hope Christian Fellowship Podcast. Today's message is entitled, Dare to be a Daniel. Daniel is a type of Christ, a godly character who foreshadows the coming of the Messiah. In the lion's den miracle, Daniel's trial resembles that of Jesus before Pontius Pilate, and his escape from certain death is like Jesus' resurrection. Now here's Pastor Todd Tackett. I'm going to be speaking to our graduates today, and then you can close that door if you would, please. I think sometimes it's difficult to come up with a message to to encourage our graduates, but yet God's really taught me some truths in His Word. So if you would please turn in your Bible to Daniel chapter 1. We're going to be looking in the Old Testament today, Daniel chapter 1. God's program for Daniel. Three things we're going to notice in chapter 1, the deportation of Daniel, the dedication of Daniel, and the prosperity of Daniel. Not only was he a statesman who was well known within his community, but he was also, and he became a prophet. Today we're going to be reflecting upon his age, that he's a young man of 15 who was called to do a great work. Different countries have different cultural norms. And what is appropriate in one culture may be offensive in another culture. For example, you should never touch a person's head in Thailand. The head is considered sacred. In Portugal, you should never write anything in red ink because it is very offensive. They also say that in America at a bank. Don't write anything in red ink. Chewing gum is illegal in Singapore and can result in a large fine. In our message today, Daniel illustrates for us how to live when we leave home or encounter new situations. While this message is focused especially on those graduating from high school, it can also apply to all of us. So I want you to listen closely this morning as I read it to you. Anytime something changes in our lives, a new job, a new house, new cable, a new school, a new stage of life. The reason why I said that is because we've, had, we've changed over to AT&T verse and uh, my faith was challenged. But anyhow, it, it says, we face challenges to our faith. So today, Daniel illustrates how to live when we leave what is familiar to us and encounter new situations, encounter new life. I want you, if you would please, let's start with verse number one. And it says this in Daniel chapter 1. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, into Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord came, gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with a part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar, to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed. What we notice there, they are friends of royal blood. If you'll notice, it says seed. And of the princes. So we're speaking of young men as we go right into verse 4. We're also speaking of Daniel and his three friends. Verse 4. Children or young men in whom was no blemish but well favored. Well favored in that actually interpreted actually means 
good-looking or possessing good looks, and skillful in all wisdom and cunning in knowledge and understanding, science and such as had ability in them to stand, and that word stand actually interpreted from the King James Version to serve in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. The king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank. So nourishing them three years, that at the end thereof they might stand or serve before the king. Now among these were of the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names, for he gave unto Daniel the name of Belteshazzar, and to Hananiah of Shadrach, and to Mishael of Meshach, and to Azariah of Abednego. And Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs. Now what I want you to do is I just want you to say, because this is just a little advertisement, but circle he requested. He showed respect for authority over him. There was a level of politeness there. So he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now, two, we realize that in verse 9 it says, Now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love. He was sympathetic with the prince of the eunuchs. So, two, we notice that he did it with God's help. Okay? Daniel, and I'm going to paraphrase all this in my terms and so that we all understand really what's going on so we're not confused on, on this text because so much is taking place. But we notice here that he cries out to God. And the prince of the eunuchs said unto Daniel, I fear my lord thy king who hath appointed your meat and your drink. For why should he see your faces worse liking than the children which are of your kind or of your sort? Then shall you make me endanger my head to the king. What ends up happening, it's because if you don't do what the king has requested, you will be beheaded. How's that for you? So if you don't do what the king asks or requests, he says, why would I do that? And this is the prince of the eunuch saying to Daniel, why would I do such a thing? I'll be beheaded. So he says here, he knows that through persistency, through respect, through politeness, then Daniel says this to Melzar, who is also the steward of the king, whom the prince of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Prove thy servants, I beseech thee ten days, and let them give us pulse to eat. For you vegetarians, you're going to love this message today. Because he said, give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. Let our countenance be looked upon before thee and the countenance of the children that eat of the portion of the king's meat. And as thou seest, deal with thy servants. So we notice that through persistency, Daniel starts to get his way. And then we notice here that his faith continues to be tested. So he consented in verse 14 to them in this matter and tested them ten days. And at the end of ten days, their countenance appeared fairer and fatter in flesh than all the children which did eat the portion of the king's meat, or the king's food. Thus, 
the steward, Melzar, took away the portion of their meat and the wine that they should drink and gave them vegetables, pulse. As for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all, you can circle that, visions and dreams, circle dreams. Now at the end of the days that the king, he said, he should bring them in. The prince of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. And the king communed with them, and among them all was found none like Daniel, Ananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore stood they before the king, and in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in all his realm. And Daniel continued even into the first year of King Cyrus. Three points to today's message. One, you will face a test, young people. Two, you must fight temptation to compromise. And then three, you can triumph by staying pure in a fallen world. Let us pray. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. And Father, we thank you that we can open it up and learn something different from Daniel's life, from a young man's life. And so, Lord, may it resonate within our hearts and our minds. May we learn something this morning as he took a stand for you. And some may say it's simple, but to me, it could cost him his life. So, Father, we thank you for the appeal that was made and for the understanding. And, Lord, help me to explain it this morning with clarity. Lord, bless our graduates. Bless each and every person. Father, I also pray that you'll bless Jared today, that you'll find favor with a job as he starts his nursing career. And, Lord, we thank you that a man that took that step of faith. And so, Father, we pray for blessings upon his family as well. And, Lord, we just pray that you'll continue to bless each and every person here, as we understand simple truths from your word. Amen. One, you will face a test to walk with God in a strange land. We notice in verses 3 through 7, it introduces us to Daniel and three of his friends who were carried off into captivity to Babylon. They are called young men, a phrase used to describe teenagers between the ages of 12 and 15. These young men had grown up around Jerusalem. There they were constantly reminded about God through His Word and the worship at the temple. Instead of being surrounded by a culture that supported walking with God, they found themselves in a pagan nation surrounded by pagan practices and people. Verse 4 introduces us to the king's reprogramming effort. So Daniel was enrolled at Babylon State University on a full scholarship. He was in a new location. No one was watching over him or his actions. His parents weren't there and his pastor wasn't there. The opportunity for temptation was great, but Daniel remembered that God was there. The Babylonians gave them new names to fit that culture. Do you see the challenges that Daniel faced? He was thrust into a pagan culture in this strange land and was expected to conform. But Daniel was a teenager with convictions. He made a choice. And here's what he said. I'm going to walk with God in a strange land. Just because your circumstances have changed doesn't mean that God has changed. Just because your circumstances have changed doesn't mean that God has changed. What do we notice here? 
Nebuchadnezzar changed their names to make them Babylonian. Daniel was in a culture that did not honor God, but you see what he did? He obeyed God's law. Daniel made up his mind to be devoted to principle and to be committed to a course of action. But when Daniel resolved to not defile himself, he was being true to a lifelong determination to do what was right and not to give in to peer pressure. Let me paraphrase this for all of you. One thing that I love about the, the beginning of this, here are young men. And what people don't understand, Nebuchadnezzar would go in with his army and he would scope out everything. And if you'll notice that in those verses I said that that young man and those young men were well favored. So he saw something different in those individuals. Nebuchadnezzar then would take the young men, he would take them back, and he would train them in the, in the Babylonia way. So then there was a stand that Daniel had to take. He said, I may be away from my parents. And what he would do is he would leave parents and those still there to prosper on their own. He didn't always kill them, but they knew that he was a strong king. So he said, you're going to stay there and now I'm going to take your loved ones and now they're going to have to bow down to false gods. And the reason why Daniel says, I'm not going to eat of the same food was because it was a Levitical law that they were not to eat of meat at that time. So he said, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to take a stand. And you know what I love about an appeal? We could probably all say that we've all been in a situation right here in our lives, right at this moment in our life, even this week, where you had to make a decision for right or wrong. Did you take a stand regardless of what the outcome was going to be? That's what Daniel did. Daniel made an appeal, and with all respect and politeness of heart, he said, listen, I know that you're a prince, and I know that you work for the king, but would you please, I cannot eat that food. But what I love about the story that we do not really see there is that Daniel went before the earthly king, but he submitted his knee to a higher king. And so favor was found with Daniel. What do we say in the word? That all of a sudden, he was looked upon as, wow, there's something different. What I love that the steward did, he said, wait a minute, here's what I'm going to do. You guys, you're... Your skin tone looks good. You're gaining weight. You're not supposed to be eating this food. So, you know what? You're going to look better than this group of guys over here. Here's what I'm going to do. You're going to have to start eating this way. However, they still went before the king. And what took place? It says in the latter parts of chapter 1 that there was favor that was found. That he saw them of a different countenance. That he saw something different in their life. Do you really think we can chalk that up to food? I don't. I chalk it up to God. Because they were already called. And you know, I was sharing with my wife this morning as we were sitting on the porch. And I said, you know, it's really interesting to me as I was studying this. That we as young people, we all have heard the story. Into the fiery furnace they were there for Lent. Nebuchadnezzar thought they'd never let him burn. So God was there. He never let him go. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That was a little song I learned as a kid. Did that bring back memories for you? I just thought I'd throw that up. Into the fire furnace there. 
they were there for cast or something. I don't know. I just threw that in there. So we always remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Who wants to take on a Babylonian name, a name that's of a god, a false god, a one that's not going to answer their prayer, a one that's not going to supply their need. And I'll go in my third point this morning, I'll go through their names and we'll see that difference. But Daniel at 15 years of age took a stand. Young people, you're getting ready to move on. You're getting ready to leave the nest. Some of you will leave the home. Some will stay at home, but either way, now you're stepping into adult life and adulthood, and you're going to have to make decisions to either compromise and give in or take a stand. And I love that young Daniel, even though the Bible says he became a prophet in the New Testament, and I'll prove that to you. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 24, I believe it is, Matthew 24, 15. As the New Testament references that this was a young man who was called of God. Matthew 24, verse 15. And it says, When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by who? Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whosoever readeth, let him understand. And I love that in verse 17, when we go back, it says... As for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill and all learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all what? In visions and in dreams. So you see the correlation? So God started to work in Daniel's life. You will face a test. Things will take place in your life. But you must fight the temptation to compromise your convictions. Do you hear me? Number two, you must fight the temptation to compromise your convictions. Verse 5, as we're back in chapter 1, verse 5 and 8 says, in verse 5 it says, And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat. And it goes all the way down through there, and it talks about there was Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. But I love what verse 8 tells us about food and wine at the king's table. Daniel resolved to not be defiled, to take a stand. We realize in Leviticus chapter 11, verses 44 through 47, it talks about why they were to eat just of a certain food. It also says in Numbers chapter 6 and verse 3, it says it talks about separation. So Daniel knew as a young man he was surrendered, he was called of God. And I ask you this morning, are you surrendered? Are you called of God? And have you compromised your convictions? You see, Daniel drew a line in the sand. He said, I'm not going to compromise. As we encounter new situations, we must fight the temptation to compromise our convictions. Some of you will be going to schools where you will experience what one pastor has called cultural brainwashing. You will be challenged to abandon your beliefs, to, be, to become like everyone or everybody else. 
Let me give you some advice. Don't give in. Determine not to conform. We know Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. That's right. By the renewing of your mind. Be transformed. Be changed. Be like God. With an amen, how many of us would say we all need this reminder every day? Amen. If we're going to be like God, we need to live a life that's like God. The decision you make over the next few years will greatly impact the rest of your life. The decisions you make in the next few years, even in college, will impact the rest of your life. Here are three key issues. One, truth issue. Two, identity issue. And three, moral issue. We noticed... What is the truth here? The Babylonians sought to educate Daniel and his friends in their history and culture. Education is not evil. It's good and it's important to learn. But as we learn, we need wisdom to sort out the truth from opinion. But Daniel and his friends were being challenged to accept a pagan view of life. The key is that they mastered the material, but it never mastered them. They mastered the material, but it never mastered them. The world will try to get you to adopt their view of truth. You will face the temptation to become intellectually sophisticated. <clears throat> Let me say that again. To become intellectually sophisticated. Didn't that sound really mature? You'll get there. You will be pressured to conform. I'm telling you, it's amazing. Don't compromise your convictions. Do not determine what is right based on cultural norms. There are absolutes in God's Word. And the bottom line is that it doesn't matter what others say. Ultimately, what really matters is what God has to say. Love of verse 8. It says this, but Daniel, underline that, he purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. What an example for a young man. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. I like to have you turn some pages that wakes you up. It says this, There hath no temptation taken you or overtaken you, but such as is common to man, but God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above, that you are able. But will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that you may be able to bear it, that you'll be able to endure it, that you'll be able to get through it. What you pursue becomes your purpose. Do not determine what is right based on cultural norms. There are absolute in God's Word. The bottom line is that it doesn't matter what others say. Ultimately, what really matters is what God says. What you pursue becomes your purpose. I, you know, I, I told Becky, and it didn't even dawn on me. How many of you realize that God used teenagers throughout the Bible? Go ahead, help me out here. 
Yes, Pastor, we've sat under your preaching. I know you brought it out. I, I just know you preached a message on David. Thank you for sharing that with us, that he was young. Whew, got a little nervous there for a minute. And I told her, I'll never forget, I was sitting in Indiana, 15 years of age. John Gray is preaching, preaching, not peaching, preaching. And I remember the, the conviction of Almighty God upon my life. And he said, move and surrender to do my work. I said, are you kidding me? He said, I'm not kidding. He's, and I said, are you really kidding? He said, I'm not kidding. And I remember sitting there in Indiana, in that church service, a missionary. And I've never even wrote him and even told him. But whatever God laid on that man's heart convicted me enough to surrender to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I was 15 years old. And I remember going into my, my freshman year and I thought, this is really going to be bizarre because my life's going to change. Things are going to change in my life. And it was right then that I started to take a stand. Some of you are going to come across some professors. Our children face some teachers today that don't have any morals or values. They're not even Christians. You're going to face the same obstacles in college. Have a voice. Make a difference. Daniel not only made a difference to the king, but he did to the prince, and he also did to the steward. Right there, just in a little little reference of people as he was in the Babylonian University learning lie straight from hell but he stood for a righteous God who loved him. Wow, what an awesome truth. So that's the truth. Two, identity issue. Daniel said, who am I? Do you understand what Daniel means? Daniel, I'm going to teach you something today. In the Bible, it says God is judge. Hananiah, and you'll see it where we broke it down there, as he he re-records it in verse 7. Hananiah means the Lord is gracious. Mishael means who is like God. Azariah means the Lord's help. They were given new names, and Daniel became Belteshazzar. Bel will protect. That's a Babylonian god. Hananiah became Shadrach, which meant command of a coup, which is a Babylonian moon god. Mishael became Meshach, who was like of Nebu, and that is another god. The identity issue is a key issue. By what name will others know you? By what reputation do people know you? Teenagers, college students, graduates, students, adults, you're going to have to make a choice. Are you willing to be called a Christian in your culture? You must deal with the temptation to compromise your identity. Take a stand and be proud to be a Christian. 2 Corinthians 6.17 says, Come out from among them and be ye... It's amazing how the world has 
how do I want to say this, compromised their identity. Listen, church. How many of you with an amen say, I'm proud to be a Christian? Amen. Amen. Don't compromise your identity. And young people, you're facing some major issues when you go to college, especially when you're away. Now you become who God has created you. No longer are you going to be following the footsteps knowing that if you do make some real bad choices that mom and dad are going to find out within 20 minutes and you walk in the door and there stands mom and dad to say, it's over for you. Your life is over. Now you will face those consequences, but you'll need to take responsibility for those actions. And third, there was a morality issue. How will I live? Daniel had to decide whether to obey King Nebuchadnezzar and live like him or to follow the king of kings and obey him completely. Will we adopt the world's immorality or live by God's morality? You must fight the temptation of compromising your what? Your convictions. says in verse 9, Now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. Now God had brought Daniel. Daniel did it all with God's help. And he said, this is how I'm going to live. I'm going to live my life for God. Proverbs 12, verse 2 says, A good man attains favor of the Lord. Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so he is. Listen closely. We too are often assaulted by pressures to compromise our standards, if you have any. And live more like the world around us. Merely wanting or preferring God's will and way is not enough to stand against the onslaught of temptation. Like Daniel, we must resolve to obey God. Like Daniel, we must resolve to obey God. Are you doing that? As Christians, are we doing that? Are we living a life that's truly submission to God Almighty. If you were to stop for just a minute and say, God, this is your church. This is the bride of Christ. Did you wake up this morning and did you think, I'm going to do all things for His benefit? I'm going to practice my Christian responsibilities within this building. I want to thank all of you for what you do to make it possible. So we have a little mistake with a a sound. That man back there in that sound booth is faithful every single week. And I appreciate that. And I appreciate that he's there. Because without him, you would have to hear us sing every week. Because we don't have a piano player. But we would work it out. We're not like the big church up on that other hill that has a full brass band. But what we do have is the Word of God. And I think that's more important than anything. So we'll do whatever it takes to get the job done. Please resolve to obey God. Take a stand. Realize how you're going to live your life. Last point, and then we're done. You can triumph by staying pure in a fallen world. The Babylonians changed these young men's homes, their names, and their education, but they couldn't change their hearts. 
Those young men had decided to follow God no matter what the cost. They didn't give in to the voices. It's okay. I guess I'll go ahead and do it. What's a line of Coke? It's just a party. You know, so I'm going to smoke a little joint here and I'm going to have a little party here. And Who cares if I lose my purity? It's only a very short time and it's all over. And What's the consequences? I remember a lady coming to me and said this. She said, I had an addiction problem. I never, all through high school, never touched one bit of drugs. Nothing. I was never tempted. She said, I got into college, was, had such a great, great, I mean, outline awards, expectations, National Honor Society, so on and so forth, etc., etc., 4.0 student, just phenomenal young lady. She said, I went to a party. I was dating a guy, and the guy said to me, let's do some cocaine. She's like, I've never done cocaine. Come on, it ain't going to hurt you. It's just going to... Do you know that woman was addicted to cocaine and still is to this day, and it's been 25 years ago? Here's the sad part. Just because of that night, she ended up sleeping with that young man. She got pregnant and had to give up her baby to adoption. What a sad story, isn't it? Because we don't take a stand. You just say to yourself, I'm just going to keep my faith to myself. Nobody needs to hear about it. After all, faith is a private matter. Nobody needs to know my Christian liberty. I don't need to share with anybody. I don't need to tell anybody anything. Every time Jesus performed a miracle, what did he say? Go tell somebody. Get excited. I love God. I love serving Him. Listen, young person, take a stand where you're at. Don't make it a private matter. Let people know that you are a Christian and that you're proud to be a Christian. When in Rome, do as the Romans do. They requested a different diet and God honored them. God honored Daniel and his friends. They became healthier in verses 15 and 16, they became wiser through verses 17 through 20, as I read, than the others. And when your heart truly belongs to God, you can be in any location, in any situation, and still do the right thing. The, mo- the boys, listen to me, all four of them maintained steadfast allegiance to God, and God gave them skill and wisdom. If you'll do that and not lose your testimony. We just went to ATTU first and then I'm going to give you my concluding thought. I didn't change because of the price and I shared that with Bob and Dee, my neighbors, and Donnie Renee, my neighbors. And uh, I said I just did it because they said broadband was faster. And so when I'm doing some researching for my messages, it's nice just to be able to, uh, you know, click on to different pages and do some research and it's quick. And then that little thing isn't just spinning. Don't you hate that? pay all this money and you got a little thing up there at the top that just spins all the time. So anyhow, I've loved it for what little bit we've lo- had because all last week when we were without it, it started this week again without it. It was just complications. And, uh, and so anyhow, Friday the, I'm getting home and the kids told me, they're like, Dad, we do not have phone, internet, or TV. And so I got mad in a hornet and I was so mad I just wanted to lose my Christianity. Thank God I didn't. 
I even walked over and told, shared it with Bob. I'm like, Bob, I've got to tell you what's going on. Because he, he even said to me, I've seen AT&T guys there all the time. I said, I know. I'm going to start having them over for dinner. Matter of fact, I got the one guy's name on my phone. We become friends, Brandon and I. Let me tell you a little bit about Brandon and what a blessing he was. I had said to Bob, I said, you know, on top of us not having phone, internet, or TV, my wife said she was leaving the church office, and now I can't get the, the Cadillac to start the Escalade. And she turned it over, and it was nothing, better than a doornail. And uh, all of you know that I'm not a mechanic, and I don't profess to be a mechanic. Don't ask me to do anything on your cars, because it could be dangerous for you. And uh, so, anyhow, this young man shows up. I was talking to him, and I noticed up his, his arm, it said Brandon, and there was a, you know, all kinds of jargon. And uh, so we started, we started talking, and he, he started fixing everything. He says, I'm really sorry they unhooked you out here at the pedestal, and blah, blah, blah. I'd heard that the week before and a few days before that, and so on and so forth. And uh, so, anyhow, he said, uh, we, we got to talk, and he came in, and what a blessing he was to me. He not only hooked up everything, he said, wait a minute. Have you ever watched a Blu-ray DVD in your DVD player? I go, yeah, all the time. He goes, no, you haven't. I said, yeah, I have. He goes, no, you haven't. He goes, you don't have the right cord back here. <laughs> go figure. Do I look like a sound man? No. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, he looks me and I have the red, white, and yellow coaxial cords. I said, I didn't know. And then my lovely wife, with all her wisdom, says, oh, is that that thing that you bought like a year and a half ago that I stuck in the bag? behind the chair or I did I'm not going to blame her for that but she comes out and she goes is this it I'm like well yes that's it and the friend looks at me and goes yep that's the cable you needed to watch Blu-ray so for two years we thought we were watching Blu-ray and we never were so that was a real nice surprise for me so you know he's nice and kind and he hooks everything up and you know through the whole time and, and I'm, I'm thinking as I'm talking to this guy you know we do get upset. We get mad. Why am I without a phone? I'm without internet. I'm without everything. And so we lose control. I just thought, you know, Todd, just, you know, I know you spent three hours on the phone. I mean, you guys, I have flown around the world. It's been great. I, I visited Manila, Philippines. Then I think it was Africa. Ended up in Wisconsin. They landed me back here in Cleveland. See, doors, they got me right back home. And uh, that was, uh, let's see, four and a half, five hours on the phone. Isn't that always great when you call customer service? Hello, how can I help you? You don't even know how to speak English. You can't help me. I'm going to have to help you through this whole situation. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm trying to be kind and compassionate. Praise the Lord I was. So I said to the young man, I said, you know, I, I got to get, you know, after he was all done, he spent an hour and a half at the house. And I said, you know, I, I, I really got, I got to get going. I said, I got to get my car over here to, uh, to the mechanic. I said, I want to start. He goes, well, I'm a certified mechanic. What, what's your problem? And I said, oh, you wouldn't know. You know, I'm, it's probably too deep. And that's what I'm thinking in my head. And he's like, and you know, I noticed that you have the same, I have a Yukon. And uh, he said, they have the same body and everything. I work on those all the time. That's what I own. And yeah, what, what's your problem? I said, well, for some reason we turned it over and it's just dead. The battery's dead. And so he said, you know what, pop the hood. Let me look at it. I mean, I knew this guy was going to fix it. And I kept thinking, well, if there's no lights or anything, I mean, this is really going to be, serious so i pop the hood he walks over and he jiggles a wire oh this is the problem we need to tighten this up and crank her over really this is why you don't ask me to ever look at your vehicle because here's what happened i said to my wife 
We just replaced the battery a week ago. Oh, certainly that AutoZone guy knew what he was doing. First mistake. Second mistake was having this guy open up the hood as I jiggled. I even told Bob, I said, I jiggled that wire. See, like I said, don't ask me to work on your vehicles. Because he's like, I know what it is. Goes against plier, wraps that thing right up. He's like, all it was was a loose wire. And now my car, the Lord saved me $500 on an alternator, I guess. I don't know what it would cost me. But anyhow, I think what ends up happening, we don't triumph in a fallen world and we lose our perspective because circumstances make us compromise our convictions. Our convictions should be to make sure that we'll die for the cause of Christ, to make sure that our testimony is one that always honors Him. And that's what I loved about Daniel. And those three young boys, they didn't compromise. And I'm glad that through that day, God placed the right man at the right time at my house because I didn't lose my cool like I wanted to. I was stressed out. Really, I was really stressed out. But reality is this. God is always in control. And he's always reminding me, hey, Todd, listen, I'm in control. And that's what he told Daniel. And then we finish it as it says in all matter of wisdom and understanding of verse 20, that the king inquired of them, that the king questioned them. He found them ten times better than all the magicians and all the astrologers that were all in his realm. Wow! He was better because he had the anointing and the power of Almighty God. And so I charge you young people to walk out of here today knowing that you have the courage the power, the stamina, the Holy Spirit that empowers you to do what you need to do to take a stand, to be a light, as Pastor Chris says, and to be salt to a dark, dark, lost world. Isn't that awesome? What a great testimony. And I say this as I close. First, commit to walk with God. Let people know you're a Christian from the moment you set foot on the campus or from the first day that you start your new job. I'm going to speak it, Jared. Second, spend time with the Lord each day in the Word and in prayer. Either the Bible will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from the Bible. Next, memorize key verses to deal with temptation. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. Psalms 119.11 And develop a bond of accountability. Graduates can find a campus fellowship. And I encourage you, get involved with some type of fellowship, accountability group, a Bible study, just to be encouraged as you're on campus. It's also necessary to find a good church, so don't sleep in. Finally, trust God. In 1873, the hymn writer Philip Bliss wrote a gospel song about this story called Dare to be a Daniel. We should all heed these words of wisdom. And here's what was said. And it's short. Dare to be a Daniel. Dare to stand alone. Dare to have a purpose firm. And dare to make it known. So I dare you to be a Daniel. And I dare you to stand alone. I dare you to have a purpose firm. And I also dare you to make it known. Church, have you let people know that you're a Christian? Have you turned from your wicked ways? Have you sought out His face? And have you made a difference 
in your area of reference amongst your neighbors, amongst your peers, amongst one another. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. Father, we're thankful that this morning that we can be challenged, that Daniel was a young man called of God, made a difference. Lord, rather, at 15 when I was called, or 43, the message is still the same. May we not lose heart. May we remember that through our lifetime we'll meet great people. And Lord, you just want to use us as a vessel unto honor. So this morning again, we encourage our graduates, we encourage our adults, their parents, those that are making changes in their life, to make sure that they just shout out to you. To make a difference. To have a purpose firm. But more importantly, to make it known. Lord, thank you so much that Daniel knew what it was like to stand alone despite what everybody else thought. What a great example of Christian honesty, morality, of truthfulness. But what a great example of your provision and your blessing upon those four young men. Father, bless all of us. Thank you for your word. And may we meditate upon it as it saturates our soul, may we refresh our minds and reflect upon it throughout the course of our day. And during this time of reflection, Lord, if there's somebody here that does not know you, may they come to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We pray that you are blessed. For more information about New Hope, visit www.newhopeakron.org.